0: The Demand Generation Club podcast is back, and we're turning up the heat with season 3. Get ready for insightful conversation with experts from Splash, TrustCloud, Workramp, Usergems, and more as we dive deep into B2B marketing approaches that are making an impact in 2024. This podcast is brought to you by SaaS MQL, the SaaS growth agency that helps B2B software companies land seven-figure deals with highly targeted multi-channel campaigns since 2018. SaaS MQL has helped over 100 SaaS companies generate millions of dollars in sales pipeline and recurring revenue. To learn more, go to SASMQL.com.
1: So I'm here with Isaac Ware, who is the Director of Demand Generation at User Gems. Hi, Isaac, and welcome.
2: Hey, Franco. Thank you for having me on.
1: Fantastic. So I want to start right away and I want to ask you a little bit more about your background. How did you become the Director of Demand Generation at User Gems and what's your story in the B2B marketing arena?
2: Yeah, definitely. So I guess... Started out all the way back in college, started up a longboard brand where I was manufacturing them, marketing them, building websites, everything like that. And I discovered the, the piece that I loved most about it was the marketing side of things, but it was more on the e-comm and the creative and everything like that. So I did that all through college. And eventually when I graduated, got picked up by a marketing agency. And it was just me and a couple other people and the and the owners grew that to around 30 people. And it was, it was an amazing experience being able to start small, Grow with it, but then the the interesting part about the agency too is we never niched. So we had ecom, we had B two C, we had direct to consumer, we had B two B, SaaS, the whole the whole spread. And it was actually a really good experience because you were able to overlap a lot of what you were learning on the ecom side with the B two B SaaS side and the B two C side. So everything kind of meshed together, and you're able to view marketing more holistically and less siloed, which was really good experience, especially early on when you're kind of forming your ideas about what paid media should look like and what marketing strategy should look like, everything like that. So starting with that really good mix was was really, really helpful. After the agency got to around 30 people, left, went over to User Gems. At Trinity, our VP of Marketing, messaged me. Then went through that process and I've been here for about 2 years now. So relatively short career. But jammed packed, especially when you when you start on the agency side, it's amazing amazing how much happens on the agency side before you go in house. So yeah, that's how I ended up here.
1: That's interesting, and I would like to understand since your agency was doing both B two B and B two C, you know all these different things. What kind of intrigued you about B two B more than going the B two C route?
2: Yeah, I think one of the one of the main things, just to be brutally honest, was the frustration with e-com and smaller ticket items. I've, I've told this story to a lot of people where is within the span of a few months I had one one client with over a 10x on ad spend directly attributable to their campaigns who churned because it wasn't enough and then right after that I had somebody with a 13 times return on investment and they just said they couldn't make it work with their margins so I was like this this might not be the space for me if if I could pull a 13 times ROI directly attributable and it still not be enough. So it's kind of one of those one of those final straw moments where I was like, I need larger tickets and somebody that appreciates longer sales cycles and sometimes things take a little bit longer. So yeah.
1: yeah. And that's a dream ROI for for B2B, by the way. Yeah. You know, if you can generate <laughs> that. 13x, uh, you know, everyone is going to be happy. And so, what are your responsibilities today, uh,
2: the gems? Yeah, definitely. So, I came in pre paid media heavy, obviously, with agency background. Luckily, I came into user gems and they had amazing content director, Dozier, amazing organic social with Amber. Trinity, my VP, was just heading everything up. So, really small team, but kind of a dream come true for a paid marketer to come into something like that where they had demo requests coming in off of all this organic. All these organic activities. So I was able to come in and kind of bolster that with the paid media piece. So again, paid media is really heavy right now. ABM, our ABM program again runs through paid media, but has a really good ADR aspect as well. So the relationship there, especially the ADR sitting under marketing, then there's always stuff with deal acceleration, a little bit of SEO. So Dozier heads that up now, then always get involved with events and whatever else is going on. It's kind of one of those things where when you have a small team, it's you have your main responsibilities, but you're just, you're involved in a lot of other stuff. You
1: know? One thing that I always like to ask is, what are your KPIs? Because, you know, sometimes uh director of and VP of the we were measured on, on revenue, on pipeline, on leads, on MQL, SQL. What are you guys tracking on, on your end?
2: Yeah, definitely. So pipeline. Pipeline, pipeline is, is our main. So between Sarah, our ADR leader and me, we're responsible for stage zero and that stage one pipeline. So everything has to direct towards that. But at the same time, too, while that's like the main KPI I'm held to, we still do a lot with deal acceleration. So I think we'll talk about that later in the call. But even after the demo requests, we're still involved in accelerating the deals, even if it's not one of my direct KPIs.
1: So you're full cycle responsible for uh, to drive the engagement. Yeah. And uh, quickly, what is your uh, your favorite tech stack? What is something that you cannot work without?
2: Yeah. It's so so corny and not a promotion thing at all for me, but it's, it's user gems for us. Like my main software that I'm using all the time is user gems. So I don't have, I don't have a six sense or a demand base or or any other ABM tools or anything like that. We're using user gems to surface all the buying committee that I'm using for my targeting, and I'm using it to find all those job changes so we can target them as well. So it's a key piece of my paid media and what I'm using every single day. So, yeah, And then again, always the classic like HubSpot Salesforce but well, besides that that's about it that's
1: awesome and we're definitely gonna touch on that right now because you know I was very intrigued on what's your pro on, about your process and how you are targeting the the top accounts so I want to dig into that and is the main focus of the episode is how do you target the buying committee of specific accounts as part of your ABM strategy? And so, how do you start with that process? is something really, really critical for every company.
2: Yeah, definitely. So again, we're using we're using user gems on that side of things, but or on that side of things. But I think the key is to work really closely with your sales team to define exactly who that buying committee is. Because over time, too, it might shift who has the most influence. So for us, sales, marketing, operations have always been our key three buying committee. But then too, as as market gets more difficult, CFOs become involved and you want to social proof around CFOs. And then churn is really important right now. So CSMs have a massive use case for our product. So always stay in close contact with the sales team and define exactly who that is. I think the second piece too is also test against that. So whoever's involved in the sales process might also not be who's able to initiate through paid media. So for us right now, paid media really heavily on VP of marketing. As soon as you get into VP of sales on the paid media side of things, our KPIs drop off significantly. So for us, VP of marketing, biz dev leaders are key, and then sales come second. But then once you get into the actual sales process, VP of sales is also much more important than it was early stage with paid media. So keeping an eye on that is always important for us.
1: Is there any role that is maybe less obvious that you have uncovered as part of the buying committee that actually has more influence than people will think?
2: Yeah, I think one of the interesting ones where they aren't always the ones initiating, but really important just to keep serving ads to them is operations for us. So RevOps always has the say in bandwidth or if they can implement it or if it works with their, with their tech stack or, or anything on that side of things. So making sure that RevOps is fully bought in is super, super important for us. Because they can be the ones that actually kill an entire deal, no matter how excited everybody else is about it.
1: And based on that, do you target them at the beginning as a top of the funnel kind of initial engagement or once there is an opportunity started? So we actually do both.
2: So we still have campaigns top of funnel that are targeting ops, but it's still more education around the problem, how we help solve that problem, things like that. But then I'll kind of jump in a little bit to once there's a demo request. We're doing on the paid media side of things so we're actually running a lot of multi-threading through paid media so whenever i say this to marketers a lot of the time marketers don't know what that means sales has been doing it forever and all multi-threading is is pulling in those outside those other personas within your buying committee into the deal so sales is always doing this reaching out trying to pull as many people in as they can we see a way higher close rates when all three of our personas are involved in those deals we want to be doing that. So we took that a step further and started doing it on the marketing side. So UserGems is taking all of our target accounts, surfacing the buying committee right into our Salesforce instance. So I'm able to build out reports that say, if there's an open opportunity and there's sales and marketing and rev ops and 3 separate audiences, start serving ads to them. So what that looks like on the paid media side is we have ads that call out their persona or their persona or their role. So we'll say, hey, marketing, did you know your team is talking with user gems about X? Do you want to join the conversation? And this was an interesting one because early on it wasn't driving a ton of demo requests or anything like that. But what it was doing is we started hearing about it on sales calls and we started seeing people screenshotting the ads and sending them in their Slack channels and, and things like that. So we wanted to test what the actual impact of that was because we knew more prospects meant. Better win rates, everything like that. So we actually ran this as a split test against our entire CRM. Long story short, the the split test showed sixty seven more sixty seven percent more prospects involved in the deals, thirty one percent higher win rates, twenty five percent bigger deal sizes, and seventeen percent shorter sales cycles. So across the board, improved all of our KPIs around each deal. So we keep that one rolling, even though it's not pouring in demo requests. I think we get one every once in a while. Like I saw one this morning on the sales side, but not a consistent producer on the campaign level attribution but really huge impact on the sales cycle.
1: And are you tracking those metrics separately like you have obviously number of kind of new opportunities generated versus how much are you able to accelerate existing opportunities?
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things too. I mean, you could keep an eye on it ongoing or run it as a test every quarter or every half or something like that just to see what the impact is, if it's changing. And how that changes over time. But even if you don't have user gems, I think it's a really key campaign to actually run. Even if you're running it to the entire account, I think it still has some value, definitely a little little bit more waste. If you can get as granular as we're getting over here with the actual buying committee down to the exact same people the sales team is reaching out to, definitely more efficient, less waste, but a really important campaign. Either way.
1: And uh, tell me more about how you involve sales into this process. Because obviously, there is a lot of back and forth here from when you're able to generate the initial engagement to when you're looking to target other people that maybe sales is not able to involve into the the sales cycle.
2: Yeah. For the most part, it's on autopilot, which I think is one of the biggest things for small teams. So for me, because UserGems is pulling those buying committees in automatically, I know the exact same people that sales is working off of that I want to be working off of. And if you wanted to do this more of a manual method, what you could do is as sales is adding people into an opportunity, you could turn that into a report and pull those people into a campaign that way. That's a little less reach, probably a little bit smaller audience size. But again, really important to be working off the exact same people sales is working off of. There's kind of that 1 plus 1 equals 4. When you start running sales outreach and marketing and you're running your ABM to them and you're doing this. So kind of a compounding effect. So I I would say that the more granular and matched you can get on both sides, the better. Perfect.
1: And when you say paid media, you know, you mentioned LinkedIn ads. Is there other channels that you use as well, or is it mostly on, on LinkedIn?
2: Mostly LinkedIn. So we'll occasionally run Facebook, Instagram as retargeting audiences or something like that, especially with social proof. So we run a lot of customer story videos, even on LinkedIn right now. I think my customer story, like short snippets of our customers talking about how it impacted them. I think I'm running over 30 different videos in there currently, and I'll always keep those running. So really good to run on Facebook, Instagram, where you're not as concerned about the direct conversion there, but you want to stay in front of them, keep social proofing, show more stories that they could relate to be really important, but not currently running Facebook, Instagram as of a couple months ago.
1: And are you also focused on you mentioned earlier retention and kind of decreasing churn with these campaigns or mostly on kind of the, the marketing and pre-sale side?
2: There's a lot of the pre-sales occasionally we run more expansion plays or things like that. Kind of up here soon I'm gonna be running more of a reactivation play. There were like during when the market kind of initially dipped, you have that little bit of churn. You're seeing a lot of people coming back. Where they were like, this is a channel we can't do without. We really need this back. And they're coming back on customers again. So we're actually using some of that either customer quotes or videos if we can get them from the people to actually kind of address the issue up front, target our churn customers and say, this is why I left user gems and this is why I'm back, just so we can relate to them a little bit better, call out the fact that they left right in the ad, which kind of confronts them with that. That's pretty cool.
1: I wanted to ask you. What are some of the initiatives that you're going to focus for the upcoming months, you know, the next
2: three to six months? Yeah. I think one of the main ones is optimizing ABM. So for us, we run ABM at a at a pretty massive scale, especially not for having or especially for not having an ABM tech stack. So we just use regimes and we're running 300 one-to-one campaigns every single month. On one hand, this is awesome. About 15% of them turn into opportunities within 90 days. Really great on that side of things. We're calling out job changers of their customers, asking if they've reached out. So really highly customized, calling out their name in the ads, and then again passing over to the ADR team for the outreach. I think the the tough part with a massive scale like this on ABM with a smaller team is sometimes you can, sometimes the iterations are are tough to do. So right now we've we've launched a couple iterations of ABM. We're trying to get that conversion rate up even higher. We know we can. But it's one of those things where it takes a lot of effort to actually look at the data, 300 accounts, try and narrow down what ads are working, which ones aren't. And also to kind of figure out, I mean, some level of gut feeling of like, should we make a change that isn't even shown in this data? So I think that's a big thing coming up for me is trying to get more out of our ABM program, especially because it's one of our, our main drivers of pipeline. And
1: how would you be able to scale that if... You know, tomorrow they say, we need to target 600 accounts <laughs> since you're running one-to-one campaigns. I'm gone. If they say 600, I'm <laughs> gone.
2: <laughs> actually, we might actually move the opposite direction. So there's there's something to... At 300, I think a lot of things fall through cracks of, are we targeting right accounts? Could there be better accounts to target? So I think even scaling back up a little bit, even to 200 or 250 gives that little extra room to actually really examine who you're targeting, target what's, what's going on with the messaging. Could we do a little bit better with the ads? Maybe it takes a little bit more time, but if less accounts, they'll convert higher. I would say 600 we get to the point where we need a significantly bigger team. Because 300 alone, I mean, all 300 of those the accounts have 4 ads running to them. So we have to make 1,200 ads basically running to those accounts. We have the outreach side with the ADRs. I mean, it's... a I think we're almost at peak scale for our current team size. So I think the biggest challenge that was moving from that when you first started an ABM program, starting from that 20 accounts up to that 300, because that relationship with the ADR team is one of the toughest things. Luckily, we have that figured out on our side with... If I couldn't just hand the buying committee over to the ADRs, I wouldn't run a program like this. So being able to do that with our own tool makes it immensely more efficient.
1: That's fantastic. I have two more questions for you, Isaac. The first one is, what is one thing that you wish you knew at the beginning of your career in in marketing and B2B marketing as well?
2: I think one of the biggest things is no one really has everything figured out to a T. I think it's really easy for us, especially as marketers, to kind of get that mindset because all the biggest public figures, if you want to call them that in marketing are super loud, super opinionated, state everything is fact on LinkedIn, all over YouTube, everything like that. So it's kind of these gurus make you feel like certain people have everything figured out, when in reality, nobody really does. I think out of all of the demand gens that I've talked to, no matter how big or how prestigious their marketing departments are or anything like that you get in a conversation with them and they're they're still trying to figure out all the things you're trying to figure out so even though I'm early early ish in my career I've met people with 20 20 years of experience that still are working through the exact same things that I'm trying to work through so I think iterating testing as much as you can and also just sometimes going with going with your gut on things even though other people aren't talking about doing it I think it's one of the biggest things because it'll It'll help you stand out. And also you might figure something out before everybody else does, which is really, really beneficial.
1: I agree 100% on this. And so I have one more question for you. And for the people that are earlier in their career, what is a common mistake that B2B marketers should avoid, in your opinion, that is maybe very, very frequent?
2: I actually might take this a different direction than I think I usually would go in. And I think... Picking where you're working is one of the most important things. Early in your career, I would really, really avoid large marketing organizations. I would say if you can go trial by fire, be one of the first marketing people at a company, early in your career is fantastic because you're going to make a ton of mistakes. But also, you have a lot more freedom. You won't have as much oversight. You can just try things. You don't also don't have that outside influence. You join a marketing org where somebody has 30 years of experience, those 30 years of experience have shaped that person into the person they are, and it could be great. But also, you don't want to be impacted fully by that and shape your ideas of marketing around that person's ideas. So you kind of want to form a lot of those for yourself early on. You want to test, you want to be involved in a lot of different industries. You want to see a lot of things early in your career. And then, as you move forward, kind of decide what you want to focus on and, and go that direction. But also, don't forget all the stuff that you learned about, like I said earlier, e-comm, B2C, things like that take that what you learned from from the other industries apply it to what you're what you're currently doing. Yeah.
1: I absolutely agree. I see many times young people joining large companies where they learn to do one thing very well, which is great, but they don't know even if there are other things that they like more and they don't have visibility into it.
2: Yeah, exactly. It gives you kind of a roadblock where where you don't necessarily know where you want to go next and it's hard for you to see yourself in another role if you've never done it. So, yeah as much as you can early on.
1: Awesome. Fantastic. I think we're out of time, but I want to thank you very much, Isaac, for joining us today at Demand Generation Club podcast. And I really, really enjoy talking
2: to you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Franco.
0: That's a wrap for today's episode of the Demand Generation Club podcast. If you're curious about how we're landing enterprise deals and unlocking millions in recurring revenue using account-based marketing and integrated direct mail campaigns, check out our website, sasmql.com that's saasmq we share tons of content every week on tried and true strategic abm initiatives that actually generate pipeline from enterprise accounts thanks for tuning in